Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McEnroy. I'm here with Steve Walsh. Hello. And Lakeisha Russell. That's not my name. Lakeisha McEnroy. Hello. <laughs> and today we're dropping science like Galileo dropped the orange. Rest in peace, MCA. That's right, my name's Yao. <laughs> Today will be uh, the first entry in the uh, South London Hall of Fame, and it's a double induction of uh, Michael Faraday and Charles Babbage. We went to the Science Museum today to uh, check out some of their work. I mean, there's electricity everywhere, so that's where we saw some Michael Faraday, <laughs> even though there weren't any explicit Faraday uh, on the bus on the way exhibitions. There. Just surrounded by Faraday all over the place, isn't it? We waited for a bank holiday Monday, because otherwise, if you go there any other time, it's just too quiet, isn't it? You can sort of see stuff and get around too easily. There's not, you know, seven prams trying to get into the lifts at the same time. No so, queue, though. No uh, queue, yeah. Whereas at the Natural History, History Museum next door, uh, people are lined up around the block. Yeah. Why do you think that is, Steve? There is an exhibition there called Inside and Out, which is Animals Inside Out, which uh, my friend Hayley went to see and spoke very highly of. But... I don't know, it didn't, didn't seem like it had a huge general appeal. One thing I noticed outside the Science Museum, as we were leaving, um, possibly London's worst mime, would you call him? He, yeah. didn't, he didn't know what his message was. He was like, he had the face paint of the Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> but he was dressed up like the Laughing Cavalier from the painting, but he was also holding uh, a palette and pretending to paint if people <laughs> threw coins into his hat. So it was... Uh, and also, I mean, that's, you know, it's a mixed bag anyway, so he's like... I don't think he was affiliated with the Science Museum. I don't think he was affiliated with much, to be honest with you. But it was like, he had the face paint, he had the character, and he had an action that all made no sense uh, in relation to each other. But then, as uh, one of you pointed out afterwards, he also had a broken foot. Yeah. So he had uh, a cast on his foot as well. Yeah. Was trainers? Was uh, no, it was, yeah, it was a one night trainer, one protective boot, and he's supposed to be from the 18th century. Yeah. I mean, that was the least of his problems, as I say. It was, uh, yeah. So that already is a bit of a sort of warning for, you know, what awaits you. It's a children's museum, isn't it, basically? It is. For and the I'm... most part. Not, not exclusively. Three quarters of it is for children. I mean, there's things that look like hockey tables and... yeah. You know, tinfoil covering. And... It suffers from the fact that people don't give humans generally, and children specifically, enough credit. There's this idea that children have no attention span, so you do things that appeal to people with very little attention span. And all you get then is a mess. Like the ground floor of the Science Museum is full of wonderful things, like great. Yeah, a load of lunar stuff. Yeah, the space stuff's uh, brilliant. That massive engine in the middle. Yeah, the all the industrial stuff is great, all the space stuff is great, because it's genuine uh, artefacts, properly curated and presented in a coherent display uh, with a lot of information around it. That's what I want from a museum, and I think that's what people expect in a museum. You go to the other floors, and it's just uh, games that if you saw them on a website, you'd sort of skip past them, because they're just terrible matching games and this that and just these awful went to the genetics display and I compared at least three or four of the individual displays to like six form science projects yeah and they got all they got this thing going on on the wall that's quite pretty to look at but what is it more than a screensaver yeah 
exactly. No, I disagree. Did you? What did you, you, you? There were bits you enjoyed. I hated the, the ground floor bit. It's really? Boring, it's boring. Okay. It's been there, the same ground floor bit. For two hundred years. Since I think since the nineties, it hasn't changed. No. It doesn't move on. It's a bit boring. Just stuff. But I like going upstairs. My favourite part we didn't go to because we tried to get back for Virgin Media. What was Media. it? Launch pad. <laughs> tried to get back for Virgin Media, didn't we? And they came early. <laughs> The launch pad bit. It's where it's just hands-on science. So, like... Is it good hands-on science? Yeah, We like, saw some hands-on science today and it no, was rubbish. No, no, they've got, like, different areas. So you have to try and um, build bridges and stuff. Is, yeah. it for, is, it aimed at, is it for, like, school parties? Uh, school children aged around, I don't know, seven and up. But their parents are there because... As a child, you wouldn't be able to crack these puzzles. You'd need an adult to help you. So that's a cross between Crystal Maze and Meccano. Yeah, it's like Crystal Maze, actually. I love Crystal Maze. Without, like, kind of flute playing and stuff. Without Crystal. Or See, maze. I think the problem is, with the displays, with the older traditional scientific stuff, a lot of it was mechanical. So you can have machines and devices and you can show things. One, There's one whole floor that's pretty much devoted to genetics. and that's genetics. The best bit. But that's a hard bit to sort of... Do in terms of hard science because it's very yeah they end up starting it's no, kind of uh, artistic uh, rendings uh, rend- rendings renderings what's yeah. the other one called yeah like yeah. T- when we saw the time bit and you said it just looked like knitting but you can't visu- visually show time so the interpretation of time, time but then there's the, there's that whole case which is just about fear and human I like that bit you two really? just cussing it the whole time. well because it's I like thought, I thought I shouldn't have taken you to that bit you my sh- favorite bit it just trashed it but it's glass jars full of things that people probably aren't there's one there's a, there's a jar that's full of chopsticks and then there's a medical term yeah, to talk about a fear of you chopsticks you didn't read the plaque it was saying that why do we have fears and showing all these irrational fears and then say it dates back to our ancestors when we needed fear to survive yeah remember, we just well, what's evolutionary bits. about fear of chopsticks no people just have fear just fear generally and they said Irrational fears. Fear of heights, we needed that. Otherwise we'll be dropping out of the tree when our parents put us in the tree. But I think you could have one jar with uh, one irrational fear of dolls or chopsticks to have a whole display. It was good, it was funny. Yeah, but I'm not there for gags. On that same floor, the next cabinet had um, a box and had two photographs of Mick Jagger in it and the title Stone Age Man. That was good. What was good about that? So you didn't read the plaques. But it's not science, is I it? I like the it's... Rolling Stones, and I'm, like, I'm getting nothing out of that. It was saying how we're only as old as we feel. But this is the thing, that's more... That, to me, is an artistic statement more than a scientific statement. And but I it think... It's showing about genetics, like, we age, but Mick Jagger, even though he's old... What a drag it is getting old. He will sing, if you give him any opportunity. And that, no, I thing, enjoyed that exhibition. Throughout the place, there is, and they've got like an artist in residence at the moment. But what's odd is you're going through the computing section, and there's a glass case that just has tubes that have been labelled. I was like, "What's this?" It looked, it looked like an ing- I thought it was going to be a label saying, "Please uh, forgive us while we put together this." So it looked like it just wasn't finished. But then you look at the label and you realise it's an artistic piece. They've put in the middle of exhibitions of. Or exhibits of genuine science. It just seems like a, a, a mix and a mess and not properly great. By all means, have an artistic response to science. 
They have it in a separate gallery. It should be more clearly labelled. Yeah, and clearly labelled <laughs> that this is not uh, science, this is art. By putting it all together, it just like devalues both sides of it for me. And I think the whole place has been caught up. You know, you're going through the galleries, and they look... You, you feel like you're in some sort of Saatchi exhibition. It's all just sort of neon lights and abstract shapes. But that's what they need to attract children to science these days. Yeah, I, I don't think they're giving kids enough credit. In their defence, the though... The children had more fun in those other bits than the, the bit with this machine. The thing is, it is packed with yeah. with scientific artefacts. It's not like they've got... I don't know if they've got rid of things to put those things in, but you know what I mean? There is stacks of stuff there. I mean, we kind of uh, breeze When you through. say packed, though, they were asked, there's that, that one gallery upstairs, right? Well, I say oh. packed, yeah. I mean, it's kind of spread out because the building is huge and yeah. there are massive rooms where it's just... You know, there's, there's nothing, empty, nothing in there. Yeah, there's like a table tennis table with a flashing light on it, yeah. and that's there's kids like banging buttons or whatever. Yeah, but that's but there's loads. Of, I mean, there's, you could you could be in there for but hours just going, looking at proper science there, stuff. If you, you were going I don't there, think you could do the, take hours. I think no, if you were going there, like with the, I've been there with school groups, and we were going there solely to look at space. But they had learnt about space before, so they knew what they were looking for. So in those sort of ones that Steve likes, where it's just lots of artefacts and text yeah they enjoyed those bits because they understood oh yeah we know that jury guy and they had little sheets they had to fill things in but if you're taking a child to the science museum and they have no background knowledge of certain things then those exhibitions upstairs where it starts at a ground level and it teaches them things as they go along i think they're necessary because you learn something new i'm sure they didn't learn about they're not going to learn about genetics till they get to like year nine so I don't think they're learning things though. There was like one that game where there was the balls rolling along and there was a, a button on the screen. You moved it up and down and it moved this curve, but it didn't affect But we didn't start that game from the beginning. Right. We had no idea what it was about. No. And it was about how like we all love sugary stuff now, but we don't need to. But our ancestors needed to crave sugar and stuff so it kept them going. So I remember going to Science Museum when I was younger and enjoying it more. Because you're looking at it through children's eyes now, you're just like. But, but the thing is, <laughs> when when I went there as a child, it was designed less to appeal to children. Are you I'm, sure? Well, they the, had launch pad. No, but no, no. You, you're forgetting how old I am. For one thing, I'm talking like 25 years ago. I would have gone, and it, it, you know, there weren't neon had been invented. That's not true. <laughs> but it was it was at the time. I remember going there, and it being it's much more dynamic now. But I just think less interesting. I think it's all flash. And glamour, maybe but there's no content. Child. A bit wrong, maybe. Just like stuff in glass jars. Not in glass jars. I like the interactivity, and there I were certain it things. To Horniman Museum. Now nah, the Horniman Museum, pound for pound, is. Uh, the Horniman Museum. You prefer the Horniman Museum? Yeah, much better. Oh, I, I'm going to go as far as to say that Science Museum is the worst museum I've been to in Never. London. Absolutely. What I can't think of what about the Cumin Museum, man. Much better. Pound for pound. A whole whole museum based on the. Pound for pound was free. No, but pound for pound is in, uh, or let's say square yard by square foot, yard, oh. yard by yard. Oh. Yeah. When when you when I say pound in that context, I mean weight. It's a boxing term, and oh. it doesn't really work in terms of museums. But <laughs> I just, compared to like for you know, if you if you gave the Q Museum Never. that much, no, yeah. Never. Science Museum. Yeah, is I would good. disagree with you also, Steve. It, it it covers all. Let's just get on the record that I'm supporting the South London Demographics. You're, you're taking <laughs> So, when you say hardcore, you know. No, but it is got a South some SW postcard. Oh, no, we're not getting on to that. <laughs> also, I don't want to claim the science museum. They can, they can have it. No, it's good. It's, it's, I like, it's I like, definitely I like, the worst museum on that, uh, along Exhibition Road. 
Definitely. No. What's what? What? It's better than the no, VNA. It's, it's better than the VNA. It's, it's better than the VNA. Yeah. It's not better than the VNA. In terms of ch- child friendly. A. Uh, I don't care about that. <laughs> uh, you know. Two. Yeah. <laughs> and, and D. Like you can't touch. You can't. I don't. I like this. I like science. I like the science museum. I begged Jack. I said to Jack, unless you, you've got to make sure you go to that genetics bit. Otherwise, I'm not coming. <laughs> and I went there, and I enjoyed it, but just Steve's voice in my ear saying, this is rubbish, this is rubbish, this is rubbish, <laughs> really made me angry. I'm sorry, Lakeisha. Because it's so, it was so, it just, the thing is, I really like genetics, and on the ground level of genetics to, I don't know, to about, eight, maybe starting off the first level of psychology degree, they did cover all the bases. They just did it in a child-friendly way. Yeah, I, I, I think I just if you read the information, you did get a lot out of it. And I liked the way they represented stuff that you got in the textbook. Yeah, they had, you said it was like a, a science fair stuff. But I think sometimes science needs that sort of approach. Uh, yeah, I've got no problem with science being made accessible. I think, you know, we talk about popular science and like, lost, uh... This is a gene. It was telling you what genes do. Like the little man at the bottom, he said. Why do you think you are what you are? We had the um, the albino um, peacock and all the butterflies yeah, around it. I didn't read it though because I'm yeah, not that interested in science. Yeah, you didn't read it. It was science. saying that our genes are, are we share the same DNA as all these animals. But you see that case. I love that case. That's the first one we came in, and it's got a seven-toed cat jumping over a white peacock with an obese mouse. It had all these examples. Oh, of, the best thing oh, in the whole museum is a photo in there of this fat, presumably oh, Jack, American so family silly. with the tag obese family. Imagine that your family photo ends up in a museum with You'd a tag obese consent. family. Yeah, and that, that was to represent that um, these people, oh, you know, they've just given into the need for sugar and stuff. Before you had to hunt down sweet things. Now we can get it readily, but they their mindset hasn't, you know. But I say that case, which was about genetic mutation, about difference, was was fascinating and, and, and visually exciting and informative. But then say like three rows along, then it's just glass jars filled with things that people, fears. most people, aren't scared of. But it's just not. But it was a rational fear. No, you don't yeah. need to have a fear of. No, but you don't need a whole cabinet to go. This is. These are what chopsticks looks like. Yeah. This is the word for being scared, scared of chopsticks. Of. That's just a waste of space, isn't it? No, it's not. It's interesting. It's a good, good representation. If you did, if you did one shelf of that, ways. I would say that's too much. There's a whole case of it. Considering also the neglect that's given to other fields ways. of science as well. Very little on astronomy, nothing on quantum physics. We went there to see Charles Babbage's difference engine. We did. And they said half of his brain. But I reckon it was more like three-fifths. Yeah, I um, if I'd have known that they had the other half of his brain there, I wouldn't have bothered uh, the trip I went on on Saturday, Steve. Yeah, I went to the Hunterian Museum uh, in Lincoln's Infields in the uh, Royal College of Surgeons. And it's the polar opposite of the Science Museum. Um, one of the most overwhelming experiences I've ever had in my life. I felt physically sick in there. Like, you go in and it's just every, it's just jars and jars and jars filled with, like, baby fetuses and, like, um, baby fetuses. Say again. <laughs> Fetus skeletons. Like stillborn babies in formaldehyde, however that word's pronounced. Formaldehyde. Is that a die cast um, baby vein? Oh, right, enough about horrible. the babies. 
and like there's this big swollen foot in a jar and like dolphin intestine it's just so much of it like these tiny little kangaroos and stuff horrible just where, wherever I was going I just felt so ill um, there's an ear operation on TV <laughs> but yeah so we went around the whole place and it's free to get in I do highly recommend it as much as I did it was horrible it was, it's like amazing it's open Tuesdays to Saturdays 10 to 5 and it you know it's remarkable really but yeah I went up to the uh, I couldn't find uh, Babbage's brain so I went up to the guy at the uh, at the information desk and he didn't know he got on the phone he's like Maria do you know where Charles Babbage's brain is <laughs> and it turns out I was on loan at the uh, welcome collection the oh, brain exhibition is he the only person that donated their brain because in Science Museum, I think it's the only brain that I've seen next to someone's invention. He, he wrote a letter before he died saying, I'm, um, dear science or whatever, I'm donating my brain to do what you want dear with science. it. Just quickly, dear science. Yeah. Well, you know, he didn't. It was, there was no Science Museum then, was there? Can we so, just quickly outline that he definitely didn't write a letter that opens, dear, dear science. science, how are you? Oh, I am dead. Obviously he <laughs> didn't, but you know. Um, so yeah, half of it ended up there. I presume I don't know what I didn't know what had happened to the other part. Then they just sliced it up for share. But yeah, so I went to um, the welcome collection. Oh, they also had a clockwork surgical saw in the Hunterian. Didn't catch on apparently. You couldn't regulate the speed of it. <laughs> There's just these horrible in- implements that just make you, you know. Surgery is a messy business. People used to like surgery. That's why it's called theatre. Is that true, Steve? Is that true? Yeah, people they used to go and watch. They used to go and watch, and but I always thought that was people going into theatre. Oh. That's why it's called theatre. That's what I say, break a leg in theatre, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if it's that far, but I know it's called you go and watch theatre. Well, like, yeah, because there's the there's the um, old operating room at St Thomas's. Um, it's got all seats around the edge. Yeah, and but I always thought that was for students to watch, so they could no, see. No, I think people used to go and watch. Right, like, uh, like in Seinfeld. In, like in what happened Junior in that Min. film from Hell? They were all watching. Yeah, they were. What? Why are you laughing at me? I'm not laughing. I'm just doing a little thumbs up because uh, on, on the next episode or the one after, we're going to be talking about from hell. Oh, I didn't know that. Obviously, just, I didn't. You're a natural podcaster, Lucky. This is the thing. You make connections that no people don't even spot. So the brain exhibition at the Welcome Collection uh, is very good. It's a bit like what you were complaining about. I bet about. someone's going to say, no, that's not the reason they call it theatre. Like that man that come, said, oh, no, Morley's does have a toy department. Well, I didn't go there. Yeah, but he was right though. Yeah, so in my opinion, it's my opinion. <laughs> it's your opinion that Morley's didn't have a cho- uh, I didn't toy department. Know of one. I didn't know of one. Uh, Obviously, I didn't make it. Yeah, podcasting. Yeah, the uh, brain um, exhibition is sort of what you were complaining about in the science museum, Steve. But they're a bit more upfront with it, maybe the welcome collection. The welcome collection have... is always about art and science engaging. That's part of their sort of remit. Oh. Yeah, but that that genetics thing was by the welcome people. And this is the thing: welcome collection is one of my favourite places in London because I think if I go to welcome collection, I expect there to be uh, a performance aspect to it. So I'm sort of like braced for that, and I'm looking forward to that. He doesn't like surprises. Yeah, <laughs> I go to the science museum. I want very dusty. No, it was I the want... welcome. That's the wo- that whole annex bit of the side is all by the welcome. But they've people. got a bit. They've got a whole building. Just do do your little tricks there. Have a uh, uh, case full of jars of 
Anyways, Jack. Yeah, so on um, when you go in, on the wall, they've got a load of film posters, which is, you know, one of the things I love, um, of films with, like, about brains, oh, with goodness. brains in the title. You know, do you know what the uh, German title of... Uh, Pinky and the Brain. The Man with Two Brains is? No. no. Dr. Huffafuffa's Dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, they also, they had a poster for this black exploitation film called... Um, Black Body, White Mind. It might have been the other way around, and it had Leslie Nielsen as like a doctor in it. Like I think one of his straight roles. I don't know that. What's the point of that film? But that's where they, we ended up finding uh, half of Babbage's brain, and also they had a brain of a suicide victim, right? Ugh. And it had like the kind of bullet trail, and they'd put oh. the bullet in, they put it back in. Oh, that's Remarkable. disgusting. Like the why? So he wrote in his letter, "Dear science, I'm going to shoot myself in the brain, but you can have it." <laughs> yeah. Dear science, science is like enough of these letters. Yeah, yeah. Time to want his brain dear science? Yeah, let's see, you know, what it looks like at the end of this. Boom. Yes, I love the world complexion, but the, the brain one doesn't appeal to me at all. They did one on dirt recently, which didn't appeal. Oh. Sort of in between those, they did uh, a collection of uh, Edward Lovett, the Croydon based folklore. They just show a collection yeah. of things. But they also did uh, quite recently a, a collection of uh, public. Hell films. That's from... still there. I saw a bit of that. Oh, did you? Well, I, let you, I should let you finish. From Bermondsey. That's right, from Bermondsey in the oh. uh, 30s. The best collection of things I've ever seen, even though it's not in South London, but... There's a million been... said Jeffrey all under one it roof. It might have been south of New York, in New York, I don't know. But when we went to... It was in the MoMA, I reckon. The was MoMA. that guy's stuff and all over the place. his parents, his mum's stuff, she was Chinese, and she'd never thrown anything away. And um, he had laid it all out to show the cl- uh, collection of things but it's coming to London people are always doing that it's always on the news isn't it I think Someone it's in the Tate so it is now in South London oh, they've brilliant. shown the collections now in the Tate it's very exciting okay. shows all their shoes toothbrushes she never threw any rubbish away and it has the hut that she lived in do you remember Jack? yeah very well yeah it's right I next think to it's the, at the uh, Tate now. It's at the Tate now. The uh, New York Punk exhibition. No, that's that's quite a, good. I'm saying it's for South London. It's to Richard Hell and the Voidoids on the headphones. Yeah, so that's a good collection of things. It's like hoarders. She was a hoarder, I think. You've got a soft spot for hoarders, haven't you? Let's not go there. Okay, let's not go there. Next. What were you saying, Steve? I think Lakeisha cut you off in the middle of a sentence. No, I was just Nothing. talking about collections. You were saying about his Bermondsey collection, and then I oh, said, yeah, 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 I yeah, need yeah. finished. Yeah. So rude. The running time of all the films together was like an hour and a half. I yeah. was only in there for about 10 minutes. There were some people manually demolishing a building. Well, that's the best bit. That's oh, from, that's from the, the longest film. Uh, and it's them talking about slum clearances. And <sighs> they didn't have mechanical ways Sorry. to. <laughs> 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 Uh, we yeah added your track <laughs> now available in South London Hardcore. Um, yeah, obviously they don't have mechanical demolition devices, so it'd be like six guys just holding onto a wall, like on the second floor of a building. Yeah, rocking it back and forth. Yeah, like fifty fifty percent chance that it'll go the way they want it. Oh to yeah, go. yeah. But and then just sort of like letting it, just pushing it over. Essentially, Didn't they have one of those swing things nah. like in Acme. No, they just had men. Pushing walls until they fell over. So why is Bambridge so Babbage? Why is he so important? So in seventeen ninety one. Oh gosh, you sound like a science teacher. History teacher. My science teacher had a Scottish accent. So in seventeen fifty one. No, you got these two guys, Charles Babbage 
and Michael Faraday, both born the same year in Woolworth. Whereabouts, Steve? Crosby Row, one of them? Crosby Row, they're both just the, the birthplaces down as Newington, which is what Woolworth was called at the time. But it, yeah, you've got these two guys. Faraday, who's work in electromagnetism leads to the modern concept of, and use of electricity. And Charles Babbage, whose invention of the first modern computer, gives us um, me- the mechanical basis for modern computing. So you've got these two guys that are born three months apart right. in Woolworth. There's no record of them ever actually meeting or having any contact. I mean, the work they did school? would have been... No, no. Because, well, at an early age, uh, Babbage moves uh, to Devon. Oh, she's so not really a product of Woolworth. Oh, very much so. Yeah, what well, he was? How young are we talking? Then? He's he's eight when he goes to boarding school initially. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Those so formative posh. years. Yeah, he was. Uh, he came from a, a wealthy posh background. Lived in but he was a, a sickly child. Um, had a lot of uh, issues with fever, so didn't get uh, didn't go to school until later than normal. Uh, and he said it was quite, he felt that it was quite interesting in forming his ideas because it meant that for a long time he was just left with his own ideas. So he'd imagine things and uh, think about things that he had no sort of education to, to, to base it on. Which he, he felt that meant when he went into academia, he was more open to thinking about the ideas that were presented in front of him rather oh, than just accepting. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I mean, to kind of come up with the difference engine, which I, when I read that, I had no idea what that could possibly be. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, I mean, it's this massive kind of pipe it's a machine, machine yeah. It's a, and the idea it of kind of churns out calculations. Yeah, the idea of mechanizing. You know, we get the word computer from. Uh, it was a human role, in the same way as typewriter. You know, was originally the description of a, a human's job. Um, a, a computer was someone that computed. They sat down and they did uh, mathematical calculations to give you the results you wanted. And Babbage was a mathematician, but he'd always been quite a radical mathematician. He um, you know, part of his uh, background, when he said being isolated as a child when he was ill, when he went to into school, he, he formed a lot of societies. Um, interesting ones. He formed a ghost club with his friends I to investigate uh, phenomena. The Extractors Club. Who did you read about call? that? <laughs> the Ghost Club. Um, the Extractors Club. Did you read about that? No. Him and his friends formed a group, and the agreement was that if any of them were committed to a, an insane asylum, the rest would uh, make sure they were rescued. Can we form a group like that? I think we sort of have. Wordless, me, me you and Louis. <laughs> um, but he also formed an analytical society. Um, and that was interesting because it was a, a society. He was quite frustrated with the mathematical instruction he got. Um, because at that time, the, in the, the British system, it was about Newtonian calculus. Whereas on the continent, you had Leibnizian calculus, which was more efficient and better. But, and I, it was fascinating to read this. For political reasons, it was never embraced by the British scientific community. So you've got this better system that people are refusing to use because it's foreign. But Pabbage refused to accept this and formed a society with his friends to promote and use Leibnizian calculus. So he'd always been someone who'd thought radically about mathematics and science and that um and then you know set against that as well you've got the backdrop of the industrial revolution you've got machines being created constantly around these people to replace human functions so you get uh spinning jennies you know mostly uh industrial growth took place in the north of england to replace using textile areas but you get these machines that are weaving and spinning in a way that humans did 
and replace him with Z. And Babbage just took this leap to go, well, what if we could make a machine that does maths? Which is incredible to think. Yeah. And then designed it, but never built it. Never had the money. money. Yeah, ran out of money. There was also, as I say, the, as, as there still is in science today, there's, there's, there's politics behind it. There's, you know, he wasn't... Uh, he was a, a quite a tempestuous man. It's and not sexy, fall out is it? But, but also, he he would he would sort of argue with people and fall out of people that could uh, possibly fund it. He had various schemes to fund it himself. Uh, we found out today. He planned to write a novel. Never got around to that. But he also had a plan to fund the building of the Difference Engine by making a computer or a, a machine or device that played noughts and crosses against people for money. So he kind of invented fruit machines as the well. The first app. <laughs> but yeah, never built that either. Um, he did create other things in his time, but didn't seem to make a great deal of money, even though they were quite important things. He, he invented um, a new method of lighthouse signaling that was very important. He did a lot of work for the railways in terms of, of safety. Helped to develop the post office. He invented office. ticket barriers, didn't he? The uh, machine that, with the... Uh, Oyster cards. S- swipe. Apparently he invented some shoes to walk on water. Which, they're not around now, so... Uh, <laughs> he came up with uh, an idea for decimal currency long before decimal currency uh, was introduced. Um, he also, probably his greatest invention outside the computer, and one that's had the largest practical use, um, cow catchers, those devices that go to the front of trains. You've seen those grill-type things? They go yeah. in front of trains? Yeah, he invented that. Cow catcher. They call cow pilots is the actual name for them, but they're more popularly called cow catchers. You know, okay, so the cow it? comes in, it doesn't derail the train. Yeah, yeah it's basically yeah, just pop it off to the side. Yeah, it it was a device so it, it, rather than hit the, the train square on. Uh, yeah, any anything it on the track like would a get. Well, it'd more just get pushed away, just get <laughs> scooped out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was a difficult person. He hated street music. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Uh, and would rail against organ grinders, um, but also uh, set up an anti-hoop rolling campaign. <laughs> what a killjoy! You'd imagine he's like so busy inventing like. When you say hoop rolling, is that the one toy kids have? Where it's yeah. like a hoop and they run along with a stick. Yeah. He hated it. He was like getting under my feet. I've got computers to invent. How am I supposed to build my difference engine with? But I say he never got the, any of his machines made. He designed them. He's spending too much time wondering, wondering about people with hoops. Well, this is it. he's, desi- he's uh, distracted by all these other things that he's hoping will fund the thing, but also uh, distracts himself by going uh, hoop rolling. You know, I need to sort that out. Then we can finish off this computer. It was a pretty big you machine know, to, to be the first like, calculator. Well, this is the thing. You know, it was materials, it was design, and there was always a question didn't about. It like it could do many things, square roots. No, it couldn't. It could only do addition, I think. It couldn't even do uh, multiplication. <laughs> well, it's no, but location, we have to start somewhere, don't we? Well, also... You were the one earlier in the Science Museum. Me and Steve were saying that we, uh, if we were thrown into the Stone Age, we'd be stuck there. Well, right? also... Humanity would never progress. You're, so. What you're writing off there is a different engine, which could only do basic arithmetic. But he also invented the analytical engine, which is programmable through punch cards, which is amazing. When you think about how late it was that punch cards were used in terms of computing 60s to 70s you know once we got computers they were still based on the ideas of uh, Babbage mm. it's remarkable and it was interesting when the science museum decided to build uh, from his design the difference engine they used what was there before these, this thing abacus people mm. humans it's not as big a jump from like Walkman to iPod you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> is it as big a jump as uh, Walkman to Discman? Maybe. It's probably it's more like cassette Walkman to uh, auto reverse, maybe. Yeah, because you have super bass. You have Abacus. That was rubbish. That super bass. Mega bass was the louder uh, one. Was the well, Sony. It didn't do anything. <laughs> no waste. That when CD players used to have that jump thing. You know, ESP. We used to, we used to um, record two minutes extra. So oh, skip, anti-skip. Anti-skip, yeah, oh, I was yeah. away. So for, I used to shake joggers, it and it? nothing happened. But, <laughs> like, the Abacus is nice and streamlined. That thing was massive. It was like a, an yeah, engine. Yeah, but it could... What, the thing is a And all it could do is... Uh, it's like that machine in a um, yeah, Willy Wonka. Stuff. I'm going to tell the machine to tell me where the next... Uh, it could Golden do it could was. do it could do sums to thirty one figures, which is beyond any yeah. practice. Oh. oh, so it could work out pi. Well, no, we no. still can't work out. Pi. <laughs> I, I, Couldn't you, even work out pi. Right. Why did he bother? You're not you're not working out pi and abacus, are you? Pi uh, is an infinite number. There, there's no computer that can. Like, the thing is, like, you between you got to find some. You know, on the scientific calculator, you've got that button that says pi. Yeah. Right? There's there has to be something before that. But also. Uh, yeah, but we when we went there, we saw lots of things how they started off, and they just seemed like wow, like when we saw plastics, cellulose. So what you're saying is, but that Babbage's invention didn't, didn't has been superseded so quickly by the other computers. Yeah, it just well, the interesting thing massive. is, the interesting thing is, although obviously with the rise of electronics and microchips, what it seems is that Babbage's original mechanism has been superseded completely. And now but the we idea didn't even of see the mechanism in was... the museum. We saw this big machine. Yeah, but it wasn't on. That's the problem. But it didn't tell us how it worked. This is what I mean about it didn't the really. differences between. No. I mean, it just showed you. It, pun- it showed you. Down. It was just a machine, and to me, no, it's t- it, it did had some me... printout cards as well. Didn't no, it? but it didn't yeah. show you how it worked. Like, yeah, I can understand what you're saying. It would have been good if it like the thing is, there's only there's only video. there's only two working models. Of it in the world, so they can't so sort not, of have it on hardy. in history. Even. Well, yeah, like it didn't tell you how it worked, though, Steve. You must admit, no, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I didn't find it fascinating enough. Like a machine that can add, get over yourself. I've got one in my phone, yeah, you, but you've got it in your phone because he invented that one. They didn't have phones then, yeah, but they? I don't, I just, I didn't, maybe because it didn't work, I didn't find it that fascinating. Even if they remade a model, or even if they had a computer model showing, yeah, yeah, that would have been better. Yeah, Yeah. 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 that kind of shoots your whole argument down, doesn't it, Steve? That science should just be in glass cages, not moving. I know. It should be. It needs a bit of both. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I think. Even yeah, okay. So alongside that, you've got. I'm sure you will agree that uh, Michael Faraday's discoveries were important, Lakeisha. Yeah, electricity. Didn't he invent batteries? Steve, tell us about Michael Faraday. Did he do something to do with batteries? Because <laughs> I read it in Horrible History's Guide to Science. Uh, I don't think batteries, no. Oh, maybe it was the other guy. Someone else. I don't know. I tried to find the book, but I couldn't find it when I gave it back to school. Yeah, Faraday's born around the same time as uh, Babbage, but isn't from as wealthy a family. Mm. So his, his father is uh, apprentice to a blacksmith. So he gets a trade, um, moves to Newington to become a blacksmith. Michael's born and he's apprenticed to a bookseller, which is uh, perfect for him. It gives him uh, seven years, basically, surrounded by books. And he's a voracious reader and he becomes fascinated. 
completely independently from any sort of formal education, becomes fascinated by um, science and mathematics and basically takes up a course of independent study alongside his apprenticeship as a bookseller. Um, he starts to attend lectures at the Royal Society and the Royal Institute um, and becomes fascinated by the work of uh, a guy called Humphrey Davy, who's a member of both those things. Um, he attends l pretty much all of Davy's lectures for a year and then assembles the notes into a book that he sends to Davy. Uh, it's a 300 page book that you'd imagine uh, as an uh, apprentice uh, book bookseller and bookbinder, he probably made himself. He sends it off. Davy's fascinated by this young man's uh, understanding of his work uh, and appoints him as his secretary. So this is an opportunity to to mix in the right circles and to meet the right people. So he wanted to be a scientist? Yeah, he wanted to be a scientist, but with his sort of academic background and class, essentially, he was never going to get a yeah, chance. But poverty, to, wasn't it? He was yeah, into poverty, absolutely, to be yeah. clear. Um, shortly after becoming his secretary, um, Humphrey Davy uh, goes on a trip and wants to bring uh, Faraday along. But there's only uh, room for one. He's only got like essentially a plus one on the voyage. So, and this sort of like brings back, even with his exceptional work and understanding, the only way Humphrey David can bring him along because he hasn't got space for a secretary and a valet is to ask him to do both. So Faraday has to act as his valet. Well, park his car. <laughs> well, just dress him essentially. Prepare, Carry yeah, on. just uh, essentially be his his Footman. his manservant, which you know. Is not humiliating, but not what he's there for. But he, again, Faraday swallows the his pride. Yeah, uh, can he dress himself? That's another no, way. Not, well, this is the other thing. Is it's his home, yeah. But Davies is accustomed to certain things. You, you know. Mm -hmm. Another thing that shapes Faraday's life, um, which I think is interesting for all scientists at the time, um, he was a very devout Christian, and I think. It's an interesting one where when you read about Charles Darwin, his faith blocked his work in a lot of ways. He sort of had his theories ready a lot earlier than he published them, but held back because he didn't want his family to be Trying upset. to tie the two things together. Well, just he was just like he knew it would bring uh, a storm down upon him, essentially. He knew that people would accuse him of all sorts of terrible things. Although he wasn't a man great faith, his wife was... <laughs> but I think it's interesting because for Faraday uh, it's almost the opposite he's a physicist and I think if you're a physicist if you're a biologist if you're investigating man's evolutionary origins you're at some point going to have to come into conflict with the Bible whereas with Faraday uh, God says let there be light you don't have to go you didn't you sort of go no. here's how light works though isn't, isn't God great for it, giving us his thing switch <laughs> So he, he, um, he can sort of do his work as a physicist and it's rather than contradicting the works of God, he's sort of deciphering the works of God. And it, it means that I think he can sort of go into his work. It's almost like he's doing God's work. He's explaining the way God's work uh, to the world. So he seemed, he seemed quite settled with his faith. and uh, his Tell us what he did, Steve. Work. Um, he basically was the first person, or amongst the first people, it's always hard to chart this time, because there was very little communication, a lot of work happening across. Um, but he got the recognition. He got it. the recognition, yeah. He basically tied together the idea of electricity and magnetism being connected. Uh, and the idea is that where you have higher levels of magnetism, it creates electricity, 
but you have higher levels of electricity, it creates magnetism. So electrical fields and magnetic fields are tied together, and it basically gives us the, uh, the, the founding idea of electromagnetism, which is what a lot of, well, the majority of modern electricity is based on. So you found a way for electricity to be generated and harnessed. I knew that because I read it in the Horrible Histories book. That's two local boys there, Lakeisha. Done good. He also is credited with being, uh, people say the inventor of the Bunsen burner, but the clue's in the name. Bunsen reckons he did it as well. Mm. But the Bunsen burner is a great example of work that was happening across Europe pretty much at the same time. There's this interesting thing in science where you will get a lot of people working, and the same thing with evolution, a lot of people working on the same ideas at the same time. And the solutions, but the solutions tend to emerge in very different places with no contact between the people. Yeah, yeah at the same time. Tesla. Yeah. Remember? Yes, yeah, Lowen Edison. Yeah. Tesla yeah. Edison, yeah, absolutely. We stayed in the hotel where he died. Didn't we, babe? Yeah, the New Yorker in uh, New York. <laughs> <laughs> New Yorker in uh, Jack, Phoenix, Arizona. Jack had a, a friend who um, had a little song about Tesla, and she hated Edison, didn't she? Yeah, our friend Yelena. Uh, oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, Nikola was, Tesla. Uh, blah, 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 blah. It was something about he got robbed. Yeah, with my, um, Nikola Tesla went to America, studied electricity, uh, or whatever it is in uh, Czech, Slovak. Well, it was. That was the case, essentially, wasn't it? Tesla went to America, um, and Edison ruined him. But at least he got a cameo in um, that film. At least he got a cameo. At least he got played by David Bowie. He got played by David Bowie. Yeah. South greatest so. ever achieved. Probably Andy Warhol's greatest achievement as well. <laughs> you know, the guy from uh, Labyrinth. David Bowie, yeah. Uh, and Bromley. <laughs> he's in a film called Bromley. No, he's from Brixton, isn't he? <laughs> Born in Brixton, raised in Bromley. Yeah. Going back to uh, Babbage just quickly, um, it's interesting what you're saying about the fact that modern computers have superseded what he did. And now we've got microchips and obviously computers are based around electricity rather than the mechanical ideas of Babbage. But what people have realised quite recently is that as wonderful as uh, computers that run off electricity are, they don't have a high tolerance to radiational heat. But with the rise in nanotechnology, the idea that you can build tiny machines, there's a belief now that what will happen in the future is you'll get computers that are built mechanically based on the ideas of Babbage that don't need electricity in the same way uh, to operate, that will allow them to work in fields with high radiation heat, ideally in space. So maybe um, Lakeisha will finally give him the credit he deserves. Well, it was described in The Economist well, as Babbage's, it, though, Babbage's last laugh. Mm. Well, he didn't build it, but when the Science Museum did no, build the difference engine... It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not even in one piece. No. It's in, it's in two places. Yeah. But when the Science Museum built it, they were very careful to use materials and methods that would have been available in Victorian England. So they were to prove that it was purely funding and politics and his own temperament that stopped him being built rather than it was an impossible idea. Yeah, but if your temperament stops you from creating something, then... They've also banned hoops that, and sticks from the premises. You're not that great of an inventor, are you? I think. No, I disagree. No. Steve Jobs had a bad temperament. He did. Yeah, but we still got his stuff. Yeah, it's a sort of it's two sides of the same coin, isn't it? A lot of these people, the temperament is what makes them great, but it can also. Did Steve Jobs really invent any of the stuff though? 
it wasn't that he invented. He was He's just, kind of a creative businessman, isn't he? He 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 had a, a vision. He was about detail. He would be so pernickety about detail that it would lead to them creating wonderful products. I don't put Steve Jobs in the same category as Babbage. Nah, me neither. Oh, but your house is full of his stuff. He wants it back, by the way. (laughs) My uh, iMac over there behind the difference engine. He's he's wearing Steve Jobs underpants right now. I mean, this is outrageous. Uh, No, I'm sure I have to look into Babbage. Thanks, Steve. You don't. um, You got there's a Babbage um, blue plaque on the side of the library, New Inland Library. Yeah. that's but, it, they haven't dedicated Yeah, I wasn't really him. that aware of him. They're so whereas, school. Whereas Michael Faraday, right, you've got Faraday Ward, which is the name of the, I don't know, some kind of uh, political, oh, I don't know uh, what it was. It's it a council ward, yeah. Yeah, council yeah. ward, that's it, yeah. Plus, down the road from me, the, the closest school to me when I was growing up, other than my own one, is uh, Michael Faraday no, Primary School. No, it's Faraday now. Well, let me just go on off, off a little tangent, if I may. Here we go. Little reverie. <laughs> um, I worked in the school for three weeks as well, right? All right. And uh, but it's it's just been rebuilt in the last few months, and it's in my opinion the second most ugly building in South London. First being Peckham Library, designed by the same architects. All I think you, they're called. Things okay. are moving on. You and Steve don't like neon. Or... <laughs> wait, wait. When did I say I don't like neon? You're talking about that place. I, I was anti neon. Like, everything can't be Victorian. No, I'm not saying it should be. I'm not saying it should be. I'm a big fan of, uh, uh, you know, the French railway building, for instance. It's not Victorian. But people don't like it when they build stuff to look old. Right, no, I'm not talking about that. Tudor. um, I like Peckham Library. Peckham Library looks like a pile of shoeboxes, and it's been like... Painted painted this horrible green, terrible typeface. the bit it isn't, it's just rubbish. The I'm, school's I'm, not for Lakeisha, you. they built it when I was about 22. Yeah, Jack, but by that time you'd already... you'd Give already No, not even that, but you'd already built a relationship with a library. Therefore you have a... Deci- no, no, don't no. even go there. <laughs> but you've already decided whether or not you want to go to a library or not. But they were building it to attract families and stuff. <laughs> okay, let me just say two things, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it might be more than two. You first of all, first of first of all, yeah, I did. I used to read a lot. Yeah, I go to my local library wherever I live. You don't? Uh, I, you haven't been to library for past no, four si- years. No, wait. Since I started working in Waterstones, there was no need to go to libraries because I was. It was much better. Just put it in your bag. Um, yeah, right, I don't mention that. <laughs> but like, I went to New England Library because it was the closest, not because the building looked nice. And I went to Nunhead Library because it was the closest when we lived so around there. So why are you so affected by the architecture of no, Peckham Because Library. I go past it and it's this huge, horrible looking and building. And you know where it is? Yeah, because it's the, na- the clue is in the it, name. I, it wasn't built when we were 22. When was it built? <laughs> it wasn't. Um, Damilola Taylor died before we were 22. <laughs> What's the link? He was on he his was way back from the library. Why are you laughing? <laughs> now I want to know what the link is between the two. He was on his way back from the library. Okay, right. So, Damanola Taylor must have died about five or six years ago, he yeah? He died in 2000 and... He's the same age as Mario. He was a 10, so he's born in 2000. Right, okay. We weren't 22 in 2000. Alright, well, I was 17, right. so... Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it. It supports my point <laughs> even more, doesn't it? I've been about to form my opinions about libraries. What are you talking about? You'd already formed your opinions about whether no, you want to go to libraries. Is this not. not about libraries? It's about architecture. I'm saying it looks horrible. The typeface of the word library, Peckham Library, is horrible. The stupid pillars. I mean, it doesn't make any sense for um, to have a building. So it does it, like does it the affect, does it affect the books inside? 
Yeah, well, I mean, you can make arguments about it. if you get if we get Owen Pomery back on the show, it'll, you know, I'm sure he'll have many. Uh... What? Because a building's ugly, you're, the books are going to suddenly become rubbish. <laughs> well, maybe not exactly that, the Jack, the answer's no. <laughs> like, yeah, I know that's not the just question. Just because though, Waterstones it? changed its W, people still the books didn't change in size. No, they didn't. But it, but it doesn't mean that the, that those two things are exactly the same. The new Waterstones logo was horrible. But all. Architectures come like becoming like this now. You see the new not, not all of it. I mean, look at the shard. That doesn't look like that, does it? There's the, all architecture is in one style, in the style of a modern, child's drawing, modern. isn't it? It's not like a child's drawing. It is. It's That's not. exactly what it's like. And you Michael know when a child just draws something that Michael all the proportions Faraday's, are wrong. Michael Faraday's not like a child. Michael Faraday is no. It looks like a mini a stadium. It looks like the San Siro or something. It's got these kind of bent girders on the side. It's like, and they've this this firm. They yeah, did because it's not like this. This like Victorian schools just look and looks like workhouses. I'm sure Victorian schools were very similar to workhouses. Right. Like they were just these big structure things. And then the school you work at it doesn't look. I wouldn't want to go there if you were a child. It looks scary. But this new school is sleek. It's like a, like something from Doctor Who or something. You want to go in Maybe there. That's it, it, it it attracts hmm. you to go like oh wow this is my school. It's not. It's not for your. You always attack things not for your demographic. Right. Michael Faraday's so school. The what only you're thing saying? I don't what you're like say- about it is it says Faraday on the top. On the original design, I was looking this yeah, up. Yeah, it said yeah, Michael because, Faraday, but they ran well, out of money. No, no, no. Wait. My mum tried to say they changed the name of the school to Faraday because they ran out of money for the sign because it just says Faraday School on it, yeah. or just Faraday. Even. Yeah, it just says Faraday. And I looked at the original architectural plans and it yeah. originally said Michael Faraday, but they haven't changed the name of the school. The name of the school is Michael yeah, Faraday. Yeah, but they, it, it, they were building the school at the time when, um, I think, the, the elections or something. But there was a time when um, the government gave all schools this building fund and schools and you you were in a waiting list depending on how desperately you needed the money but they were just giving money out to schools because they thought that was the way to fix education so michael faraday had money but then whilst they were building the government cut that scheme and basically i mean this is not that important no i'm just saying that's why they cut the michael they didn't like not budget well the government there was lots of schools on the list the school i used to work at were expecting money to do up their school and then they got told, actually, no, we're taking the money back. We can't afford to give you this money anymore. Right. No, but the but point the is, the beautiful. Keisha, I like it. Beautiful. No, do you know why? No, but what, no, what I, don't, I, what I don't like is that you... are you shaking my hand? No, you just, you just say, I don't, I'm not allowed to have an opinion you on, the, uh, on opinion. what, um, what Peckham Library like, looks like. I can't are. say it's ugly. I'm not saying every school should look like Edmund Waller, for example, which is a very nice looking yeah, Victorian those, school. Those, those schools, there's the thing is, there's schools. not just, there's not Victorian architecture... And then um, these, these, wait a minute, and it's the kind of hideous, these hideous things that they've been done in the last five years. There's plenty of different styles. How would you expect them to build a school now? In any style other than that. It's horrible. It's all for show. It's sleek. It's not sleek. It's not sleek. A bent girder is not sleek. Schools are now businesses. You don't understand. Like when when parents were looking you should, around yeah, the inside, to go inside to. it looks like a kind of jazzed up library. It looks like maybe it even looks when like a science museum. When did you go museum. inside? I saw photos on the website. Yeah. but I don't have a I don't have an opinion on it as a learning environment. I'm not getting involved in that. I'm just talking about aesthetically but it is a as a building. So why would your opinion be based on anything else? 
No, Akisha. So they should make it look pretty, but not attractive to children to please you. Well, I'm saying no, no, no. I'm saying I don't have an opinion on the interiors you don't of, have a, of how how effective it is as a learning environment. That's what I'm saying. But I don't have an be, opinion on that. What my opinion that be is the number the, one thing. But then you shouldn't. Have I don't have an opinion on it. Do you not understand? But, I don't know. I don't don't know about learning environments. I'm not an expert on learning environments. What I do know is when I look at a building, I can form an opinion of it. Like those flats over there, what um, what year are they from, Steve? What era? Edwardian? Georgian. Georgian. But they're for homes. Right. You wouldn't send your kid to school like that. It's not like this, you might. I'm not saying that that school should look like that flat. I'm saying I can look at that and form an opinion of it. Like I look at the flats that look like they've got lino on the outside. And my opinion is they don't look nice. you should look at them as like, oh, I'm looking at a home. Like I wouldn't look at shoes and be like, oh, looking at this as a school. No, I'm looking at how they're going to look on my feet. So... You just look at things just for face value, not for their, what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think with buildings, you don't have to... You, you think about the function a second. If you're just looking, like, as, you know, Faraday School and Peckham Library are two... Both obviously con- concerned with education and academia. Yeah. But they're two separate purposes to them. But the thing is, you can agree... If you don't like how they look, forgetting about anything else, how functional they are, and how they appeal to kids. It's not... You, you can't sort of base your response on what it's supposed to appeal to for the audience it's mm. designed for. You, could, you can sort of say, it might be, a, as you say, it might be a huge hit in terms of the, the kids that are going there, in which case, perfect, because that's more important than my response to it. Yeah. But my response to it still might be, that's ugly. I talked to my mum, actually. She was asking me about, you know, the Edward Munch painting the screen? Yeah. Oh, sold, yeah, like, 90 be, million. Yeah. And my mum was like, it's horrible. I went, yeah, that's why it's great. It's great because it's ugly. It shouldn't be a beautiful thing. And she went, but I just look at it and I feel sick. And I'm like, perfect. That's then that's the that's the responses. So your aesthetic response and artistic response are not necessarily going to be yeah. the same but as your emotional just, response. I just not like them because they're different. They stand no. out. Because my thing, when I went past the Faraday, it's got those flats like what you used to live in, the cottages and stuff. And then it's got behind it the Aylesbury, is it? Yeah. Yeah. But I think once they, if they do knock the Aylesbury down, whatever they're going to build, I think they're going to build it to respect the Michael Faraday building in a way. I think they're going to work together no, so it won't well, stand out. That. But now we've seen a mishmash of that school that's really modern, then you've got those flats, and then you've got the Aylesbury, I don't know when that built, the 60s? Yeah. The, the, they don't all match well together. It does look like they've just plonked no, this It's thing not in. that I'm judging it solely, solely on, on, on its own. own as a building. It's very much, right, like going back to your argument, it's very much like about books, right? If we pick up a book, I'll go, like when I went to Waterstones, half the day was spent picking up new books and going, Glenn, what do you think of this cover? No, I wasn't talking Wait, about no, the cover me, of the book. No, no, let, just let me finish my point, please, yeah? Say, look, this is, like, I'm not saying, I'm not judging a book based on the cover. I'm just saying, look at this cover. This is what I think of this cover as a piece of design. Doesn't mean that the book's good. Doesn't mean that the book's bad. Doesn't mean that the cover even relates to the book. Yeah. I'm saying, I can I look, I'm looking at something that. purely on an aesthetic level. And I think Peckham Library is ugly. And I think, regardless of what's around it, because I'm not looking at what's around it, I'm not over-contextualising it. And the same with Michael Faraday. The same guy, or the same company, Allsop, um, they designed um, Goldsmiths as well. 
That's and I nice. think Goldsmiths is quite nice, apart from that kind of chewing gum thing on the top. But that's <laughs> an artist did that. They probably didn't do that. I'm not sure. But I love on that Goldsmiths thing where they've no, got the Goldsmith sign and all the letters are sort of hanging above the, modern, the roof. The modern part of Goldsmiths. And that's not that's the old really part. nice. But they've done that on Faraday and it's horrible. They just do it on everything now. And they've done this. I think they've done the new kind of Canada Water Library as well, which looks like a bread bin. But what? Oh yeah, but those schools they look to me like like all the the new stations on the Jubilee line. I disagree. I think Canary Wharf um, is, is great. Water. No, Canary Wharf. You know where it's kind of a hill and they've just put a station inside. And you know all the inside of, the, of all the new um, Jubilee Line stations? They've oh, got, yeah. like, two, it's got the, the two entrances. Everything's huge and it's just all these kind of, um, you know, these kind of uh, metal rods Canada and stuff. Water. It's really yeah. a Jubilee Canada Line Canada Water are really nice as well. It's very The bus station is all right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not mad about North Greenwich. But the inside of it's great. It's kind of huge spaces. I yeah, like but that's the, what uh, the school would be like inside, just huge spaces where children can learn. And I know, but they could do create. that without without putting like all these kind of uh, bits of iron on the outside that are just like all misshapen. It's a very modern thing. It's not the like colours a... as well. The, the, that that the stuff the stuff inside is not related to the stuff outside. Well, it is related, but it doesn't have to look like that. I mean, just because I put one colour wallpaper, it doesn't mean they have to then start sticking shells on the outside of my house. It's like the, you know the um, the flats that have nice opened color. up around the elephant. On the wharf roads, and they put they build like these sort of like quite functional buildings, but then they put like plastic cladding over it. Oh no, some of those those just look like boxes. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's your opinion, and this is my opinion of these things. I'm just you don't like those either. You agree with me? I don't. But why are you coming at me? It's degrees, isn't it? Like, say, let me just go jump over the river for a moment. Yeah, the new um, that new complex just behind Piccadilly Circus where Whole Foods is, and it looks like it's got like this kind of green kind of tiles on the outside great i love it yeah do you know what i mean i'm not i'm not restricted and every school should look like um edmund waller like that you know and every school should look like these beautiful uh victorian schools well, they're not going to build schools no exactly they're, they don't have to but i'm just saying i'm just saying that michael faraday school they've sullied his name with that <laughs> like it was horrible before it was like a bungalow <laughs> it was a massive bungalow it was. It was. I don't, I'm not sure when it was uh, built. Michael but Faraday not being well respected in school building. I did oh. ask my dad when it was built, and he did tell me, and I've forgotten what the answer was. But I think with the thing with these type of buildings, it's architects just doing doing things to win awards, and it won yeah. awards. Peckham Library won awards. Yeah, because it's it's like innovative. going out and making a film so you win an Oscar. Yeah, but if people actually like it. No, just like they're one of those paint-by-numbers. You know, you see it on the side of a bus and it's just like kind of got... Or the trailer, it's got emotional music. Yeah. It's got one of the big-name actors in it that kind of does kind of cheesy work. And it's just there to try Oscar well, we fodder, we enjoy some of them. But if you go to <laughs> southlondonhardcore.com, you can click Hall of Fame and that's where uh, maybe we'll put a little picture of uh, Babbage and uh, Faraday Just put the brain. Our first inductees. Oh, obviously, I'm already in there, Stephen. If you keep going, what have you, you invented? Might get in the South what Hall have you of Fame. invented? It's not an event. It's Hall of Fame. Spontane podcast. Why are you in Hall of Fame? By charity work. I should be in Hall of Fame because I got lots of more Lakeisha. Yeah, keep hashtagging more Lakeisha. I mean, less Lakeisha. You can hashtag that too. <laughs> Jack, you tried that last time. You were the only one that used it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's one thing I always used to wish that I could, I could see the future, not clairvoyance way, but I mean, just visit, just for a day. I wouldn't bring anything back like an almanac or anything. <laughs> 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 and, and-